You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here is with me. We are previewing Michigan-UConn, the third of the cupcakes for the Wolverines' fall 2022 schedule. Obviously, they've taken care of Colorado State, taken care of Hawaii. UConn, I, it, it kind of depends on what you're looking at, but on paper, they do come off as a slightly better team. Uh, you know, They just played Syracuse. It was 48 to 14. Um, they hung with Utah State. I don't think Utah State's particularly good based on what how they looked against Alabama. But, you know, this is a team that, that you know, it's, it's really, Steve, you and I were talking about before the show. It's, it's Michigan's last game where they can really try anything and still feel good about winning. I mean, Maryland, I expect them to be pretty heavily favored against the Terrapins. But, but this is kind of the last, the last audition for guys not in the two deep probably. Uh, you know, and there were a few in the past couple of weeks that have that have showed what they need to show, and it's really the last true tune-up game uh, because I think Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, all you can't fall asleep against them, at least not in the first half. So, going to be an interesting game, lots of storylines. So, so this podcast is not keys to victory, but but it's kind of what we want to see out of Michigan in this final you know, truly low pressure situation. And Steve, I, I don't know about you, where you stand with the offensive line so far. I think this is a game where if I'm Michigan or if I'm trying to find out if Michigan's a national title contender, I think this has to be a game that the offensive line dominates. I think the offensive line has been good so far. Only four negative plays. Three sacks allowed is probably a little high, higher than it should be, but but you know, and the pressure rate is about 4%. That's, that's a healthy number. It's, it could be better. You're thinking about yards before contact. It's been, it's been solid, but, but when you think about the strength of opponent and you think about the consistency, because there are plays where the offensive line just has some major breakdowns. This is not an offensive line that has dominated yet. And they've played two teams that they probably should have dominated. And, and there's reason for all this, right? I think Ryan Hayes brought up a good point this week in press conferences it takes a few games for, for a new offensive line. Even if you have three returning starters and, and someone as talented as Olu Oluwatimi, you know, it, the chemistry, the timing, kind of being able to, to react to another lineman's situation without having to, like, look and communicate verbally. You know, there's, there's lots of intangible things that offensive lines pick up throughout the season. We saw that last year with Michigan's offensive line. By the end of the season, they were really, really good. But at the beginning of the season, they were they were solid. I don't think they were winning the Joe Moore Award after three or four weeks. And then I also think uh, the health is, has been something. I mean, you know, didn't have Ryan Hayes week one, lost Carson Barnhart. Seems like there might be a couple 
guys dinged up or, or they might still be trying to work out who's playing what at what position. So I think to me, this is a game where Mich- if I'm Michigan's offensive line, I'm circling this as an opportunity to really flex because I think they'll I think they'll be good either way. I think they'll they'll have the advantage over UConn's defensive line. I don't think it's a it's a concern. But then there there's good, there's great, there's dominant. I think this is a, a game where the offensive line has an opportunity, but also maybe has a little bit of obligation to really look dominant. I you know these these games weren't close, and I don't think the offensive line struggled per se but I don't think they dominated like they could Steve what's something you're looking for from this off on the offensive side of the ball kind of in this final audition type situation against UConn Uh, maybe start to see Michigan feed a couple of their other receivers a little bit Uh, we haven't really heard much from Andrell Anthony so far this season Uh, I'm kind of interested also just to see if Michigan does continue to push the ball uh, down the field a little bit. And then the other, the other thing for me is, is uh, we'll see if Donovan Edwards plays or not. I, I kind of wondered if maybe they just won't play him because it's not worth playing him in this game. Uh, but what does CJ Stokes do with an even bigger role than he's already had? It seems like he's a guy that's passed both tests so far. Uh, again, be, be it against some very weak competition, but you know, could be kind of a next step for him. I think we will get into it a little bit, but UConn statistically a little bit better against the run, obviously, than who they've played so far. So what does a guy like Stokes do uh, with another opportunity? So yeah, offensive line, I just, I'll, I'll side with what a vet like Ryan Hayes has to say that they said they've sacked, uh, let up three sacks Two of those were total whiffs by tackles uh, one on each side. I think Hayes gave one up last week uh jones the week before yep you know right so like yes not good but like not total collapses not every across yeah and not yeah just like not total collapses across the board up front right so you know not and also maybe not something to be as concerned about with mccarthy uh at quarterback too uh McNamara was very good at maneuvering around the pocket last year. I think that was one of his strengths, but, you know, we've seen McCarthy a little bit more nimble on his feet. So um, either way, I'm still like not, I mean, I'm not worried about Michigan's offensive line in, in, in any capacity, but I, I, I think you're, I think you're on the right track. Or I think it's fair to say might be, you know, week three, maybe time to see a little bit more. So we're always kind of watching like these games, like what I've seen now, this is the third straight week that they're just so heavily favored. Is like, I kind of feel like I'm watching everything and nothing at the same time where it's like, you want to see a lot of stuff, but like, if you don't see that, what does it really even mean as it pertains to the rest of the season? Because they, they should win running away again on Saturday. So like I said, I think we've said a couple of times, we're not, we're not used to this you know, with them not really being challenged within the first three weeks of the season. So kind of a new experience to, to really, what can we glean out of, out of these games and what, what of what we do glean, how seriously uh, do we kind of take some of it? Yeah. I think that's, it, it really is a different kind of viewing experience, at least from the, the reporter perspective where you kind of look at stats or tendencies or traits, and then you have to be like, Oh wait, actually, 
let's see what these stats look like through the first half because that's all that really mattered. So it's it's definitely interesting. One other thing I want to see from the offense, and and Steve, I, I do want your thoughts on this as well. Kind of a quiet – I know they're working in the backups, but for touting Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker as two of the best tight ends in the country, I mean, the two have – 52 combined receiving yards through two games on four catches. And I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think this is a Michigan is doomed if they don't get the tight ends involved against UConn. I think they'll be fine either way. But I am curious to see, because that, that you know, might be an indication with new play callers, with uh, essentially a new quarterback, you know, what, what kind of involvement do the tight ends have in this game? And... And certainly it's, it's fun to see, you know, Colson Loveland make a couple plays, Max Bredesen make a couple plays. But, but I have to think in the stretch run of the season, Michigan's tight ends will offer an opportunity to really diversify the offense in a way that the defenses struggle to handle. And so that is something I'm, I'm curious about. I don't, you know, off, they need a great offensive line this season. They don't need Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker to be two of the top three tight ends in the Big Ten to be successful. But I do think that opportunity is there. I think the talent and the ability of both of them, along with Michigan's proven success, I guess, of getting tight ends involved in effective offensive game planning. Uh, that's something I'm also keeping an eye on. Your, your thoughts on the tight ends? Yeah, another position group I'm not really worried about. Um, Schoonmaker's been really good on the line. But yeah, I mean, we've seen other guys further down the jet depth chart making plays. Like you said, you mentioned Loveland, you mentioned uh, Redison. So that's one spot where I guess, I guess if there is one thing is, you know, McNamara really seemed to have a really good rapport with Eric all in particular, you know, and with a new quarterback, you know, does McCarthy maybe is, you know, does he lean towards the edges a little bit more than, than up the seam? I kind of don't really think it's going to matter. I think they'll eventually get theirs either way. But as as highly as, as Harbaugh has talked about Schoonmaker in particular, you know, it, like I think it might be become a legitimate situation where, you know, instead of one guy really being the, the superstar statistically, that these guys kind of might cut each other's stats a little bit, right? So – not a yeah, that's not a one of the when we talk about positions that uh concern, not a word that I, I'm really even approaching at, at any position yet, just because there's it, it, like I said, it's hard to glean too much. Uh, but if there was, I think I still think tight end would be pretty low on the list right now. Agreed, yeah, concern is not the word, curiosity, or I mean, it's you know, at some point, I think if you're if you're Michigan, like yeah, you trust Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker will be ready whenever their name is called. But the more reps they get in games, theoretically, the better they will be. And I don't think, I don't think either of them are sneaking up on anyone's game plans. So, but yeah, it'll, I'm just, I'm just curious to see, you know, with JJ, does he respond more to, or does he fall back on tight ends or does he really try to push it to the sidelines every time? All right. Got a few over unders here. Thanks to our, to our good friend, Neil via Zool over on our message board. So the first one, I, and, and Steve, this might be something, if, if there were to be a test Saturday, it might be UConn's run defense, actually pretty good, held Syracuse to uh, 151 rushing yards on 51 carries, and, and a decent amount of that was 
sacks, if I'm recalling correctly. But but still, you know, for for being a pretty good run team, I don't I don't think Syracuse loved how they were able to run the ball Saturday. So first first question: Do two point five players get at least forty yards rushing? So I think I think Neil is doing what he likes to do that sometimes, where he he asks about you know, someone who might be injured in a, in a subtle way to see if we can tip our hat. We don't, we don't know. I mean, you know, the Donovan Edwards situation, uh, it's been, it's been pretty quiet on that front. Um, You know, Jim Harbaugh barely acknowledged that it was, I don't think he even officially said injury. I think he said working through something. So, uh, but still it seemed like his right leg was, was the culprit, but two and a half players get at least 40 yards rushing. I'm going to say over. Really, I think this is a good opportunity for C.J. Stokes. I think this is a good opportunity for Isaiah Gash. You know, he's someone, if he keeps running, you know, if he has another pretty strong game, you talk about auditions for guys outside the two deep. Um, Stokes, I think, has cemented himself as the number three running back. But but Isaiah Gash could offer a change of pace or in the event of a player being dinged up, you know, could could make an appearance and in more than a few games down the stretch. So I'm curious to see how he looks. I'm going to take the over. I think they get at least three players with at least 40 yards rushing. Plus this probably could have answered the question a lot quicker. JJ McCarthy is getting another start. I don't think it's out of the question that he gets 40 yards rushing himself. So I'm taking the over. Steve, how about you? Same, particularly because of McCarthy, like you said, actually. I agree. I mentioned it already. I think this is a really big opportunity for CJ Stokes. I'm out again. This is me operating under the assumption that Donovan Edwards is not going to play uh, him. Not playing does not mean I think his injury is serious. Cause like you said, we don't even really know what exactly is going on, uh, but there's no reason for Michigan to really push it with him. So big opportunity for Stokes. Uh, I think, yeah, I think between he Corum and, and McCarthy in particular, uh, I think Michigan gets there. All right, next one. I'm I'm curious about this one. Backup quarterbacks combined for 109.5 passing yards. So, if you treat this like Michigan's preseason, in theory, the third preseason game is a little bit more of a dress rehearsal. It sounds like NFL teams are kind of going away from that, but that was always the thing: is that third preseason game is the dress rehearsal. Now that there's only three preseason games, I think that's changed. But regardless. JJ's getting the start. Do Cade McNamara, Alan Bowman, Davis Warren combine for 110 passing yards? I think the, the easy answer feels like over, but I'm going to take the under. I, I don't know that they'll play JJ more than they did last week necessarily, but I think by the time they are working the backups in, I don't, I don't think that there will be 110 yards passing in the game plan. So I'm going to take the under Steve. How about you? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually with you. I I think I'm going to go with the under that seemed, and I, I I'm actually like completely with you on this one. Cause I think it's one that it just feels like too easy, but it's, it's really not. I just think that might be asking a little bit too much uh, over four quarters. You know, we don't know how they're going to handle it either. Right. Like how, like, you know, the competition was, um, a would start and then they would bring B in in the second half, right? Was that kind of what they discussed over the first two games? We don't know how long he's going to let McCarthy play. Yeah. McCarthy, JJ can play three quarters, even if the game is a blowout. We don't really know how Harbaugh's going to handle it. So um, 
So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say the under. The under would have hit last week as well. There you go. So, all right, last one for the offense. Let's do let's do the deep passing one. 5.5 passing plays of 20 or more yards. This was something I thought Michigan did really well last week. I, I even kind of called it out in my four keys and a and a pick story that I always do is you know this the playing Hawaii is a big opportunity for for big plays. You know, after they were kind of missing against Colorado State, you know, the the Rainbow Warriors a little bit more susceptible to those big, you know complete whiffs and pass coverage downfield 5.5 passing plays of 20 or more yards. Steve, what's your prediction here? I'm going to go over. I think there's just a little more leeway. I think there's just more opportunity to push the ball down the field. McCarthy uh, looked excellent throwing the ball down the field last week. I think they exploit that a little bit more. Yeah. I think the receiver, you know, I think about that, that Roman Wilson play that was just wide open that touch, that first touchdown. And it's kind of like, you know what? Some of these teams, they're just going to be able to do that three or four times, just that that kind of play. So I, I'm I'm leaning the over. I think this one this one's a tricky one because I I I wonder if UConn will play essentially prevent defense early to try to limit those and force Michigan to run the ball. I, I maybe not, but you know it's it'll be interesting to see how teams adjust their defense and and adapt to what. McCarthy's bringing so I think I'm gonna take the over as well but I'm I'm skeptical of it all right we're gonna hit a quick break on the other side we'll talk about what we want to see for Michigan's defense along with some over-unders and our final prediction for the game you're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, what's the biggest thing you want to see for Michigan's defense in this in this final tune-up game before Big Ten play begins? You know, I think want to see continue to see more of what Kalel Mullings can do. Uh, actually, we also want to see what a healthy Nikai Hill Green can do for Michigan at linebacker as well. You know, we haven't seen him yet, and I think he uh, has become a very important player for them this season. So, I mean, I think that, I think that linebackers always a spot, I think we're going to be watching, right. I mean, whether it be just who emerges to give them more depth and like, how do they play in coverage, et cetera, et cetera. So see some turnover situation, uh, but really, yeah. Mullings, uh, Hill green, see how the linebackers look Do the, do the freshman linebackers 
Are they improving week by week? You know, because we expect we'll at least see Jimmy Roller for sure. Maybe Micah Pollard, like the thing with Micah Pollard is he just still looked, he still needs to put on some weight, but there's something there, you know, but just might not be this year. So, yeah, I mean, really not much different than what we were looking for preseason is just the continued development for both the young guys and the guys that are really getting their first true taste of like starter type snaps at linebacker. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. And, and you're absolutely right. And you know, Nikai Hill green only gets one tune up game before big 10 play. And so, um, and, and not only that, but I, I'm, I'm under the impression that he missed at least a few fall camp practices as well. So, uh, you know, it'll be good to get him worked back into the rotation. The good news for Michigan is at least in my opinion, I feel like that they've, they have to be feeling better about their linebacker depth than they were three weeks ago. You know, Michael Barrett, I thought Kalel Mullings looked, looked pretty solid. I, I, I think I would start Nikai Hill Green over him, but I think Barrett quietly, you know, if he was the starter against a ranked opponent, I, I think Michigan would feel pretty good about what they have at linebacker. So increased comfort, I suppose, in that depth. For me, I, 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 it sounds really simple. It's like the simpleton take, but they, they, they should get a few sacks in this game. I, I think UConn against Syracuse did do the whole, like, get the ball out as soon as humanly possible approach because they had a pretty high completion percentage, but just not a lot of passing yards. At the same time, you know, I, I still think that there's, there's room for this edge position group to grow. Yeah, I think there's, there's a few guys who can generate pressure, I think there's a few guys who, if you don't, you know, make note of him in the game plan, you you might miss him. Like I think, like an Iyabi Anoma is perfect for that. It's like if you're not aware of what he can do, he will get a sack. But now, you know, there's a little bit more film on on guys like Braden McGregor or Derek Moore, Iyabi Anoma, and really the whole group. I think struggled to generate you know true pass rush last week, and Hawaii totally did the like you know throw it as soon as possible approach but at the same time I think there were opportunities for for the for the edge position group and also the defensive line just to be a little bit more dominant in the pass rush especially how good they looked week one versus how they looked week two I, I think week three I think it's it's imperative that they that they show like continued progress I like how you put that with like a like a Jimmy Rolder it's like okay Michigan doesn't have to have everything figured out right now but you do want to feel good about the arrow pointing up with as many position groups as possible. And then the other thing for me, uh, I think, I think the turnovers in the secondary, I think this, I'm very impressed with the secondary right now. Um, I think that they showed, you know, Javon green, I think Makari page, I think Mike Sainer still all starting the season better than what I think the common expectation for them was. And then obviously DJ Turner, RJ Moten, Rod Moore, you know, it's, it's pretty well known what they can do in the secondary. So I think, I think they have a great six and I'm not leaving out Will Johnson in that sense. I think he's, he's also coming along. I think the thing for him will be just continued progress as a true freshman, but really I think that they've got a, a strong group and then they, then they've got some depth thinking about a Cody Jones or, or Quentin Johnson or, or Caden Colasar, you know, Will Johnson, I don't know if he'll be depth or a starter when, when push comes to shove, but, They've got they've got a pretty healthy athletic group that's capable of a lot. I think the next step is getting your hand on the ball, forcing pass breakups, forcing interceptions. I don't know if it will come against UConn. 
I think UConn's going to be a lot like Hawaii, where I just think the throws are going to be so bad that you know you can't intercept a throw that wasn't catchable to some to some degree, right? So it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see if if those plays come now. But I think I think the more you see against UConn, the better you feel about this being not just a good secondary, but a great secondary, maybe even an elite defensive backfield. Steve, any any additional thoughts on what you want to see from the defense this weekend? Maybe just yeah, maybe maybe a little more dominance up front. But otherwise, yeah, I think it's for me. It's mostly about uh, continued progression at the linebacker position. I'm with you all the way on the defensive backfield. I feel like they've been probably the strength of the defense so far, which to me is good news. You know, I think that's a great area to be your strongest point because I do think the D line is something that's gonna. That's a spot where you usually, I think they tend to get better and better up front as the season progresses, particularly, like I said, guys who are getting first-ish opportunities to kind of really be the guy, you know, talking about Morris, Upshaw, like those kind of guys. So uh, I think as as the season goes on, uh, they'll get better up front. Um, So having your defensive backfield already like feels like in a really good position, I think, I think bodes well for the unit as a whole. Yeah. Well, and there's also, probably more returning talent in the secondary than elsewhere. As good as Mozzie Smith and Junior Colson are, I mean, they had Rod Moore, R.J. Moten, D.J. Turner were all starting in, in a Big Ten title game. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's been the strength of the defense. So you want your best players to look like your best players. Maybe maybe that's a, this is a game thinking about dominance up front. Can Mozzie Smith, you know, really make his presence felt in this game? On paper, he should be able to, but but obviously, you know, it's it's game by game. Different different players are going to be double teamed or face, uh, you know, face more increased scouting. So, wonder if this is an opportunity for him. All right, some over unders. Does UConn average four point nine yards per carry, taking away sacks? So sack adjusted four point nine yards per carry. UConn quietly decent rushing team. You know, think about think about last week against Syracuse, which is their only game against a team with a pulse, in my estimation. Uh, they had 4.4 sack adjusted yards per carry, and they got 111 total yards. So that's not very many, but in terms of yards per carry, it was there. Interestingly, though, Steve, they had more yards after contact than they had yards per carry, and that's why I'm going to take the under on this one because if if Syracuse is getting to you behind the line you know, Michigan's not going to miss those tackles. If they catch you in the backfield, really like the tackling ability of Michigan's linebacker room, really like the tackling ability of, of the defensive line. So, you know, Syracuse, it might've been a tackling issue more than necessarily a, um, uh, you know, schematic or, or run defense issue. UConn broke 12 tackles last week. So I'm taking the under, I think Michigan, does not have 12 missed tackles in the run game. Steve, your thoughts? Going to take the under. I feel like if it's not the under, that's then then there's that's going to be one of the conversations after the game, right? I mean, if you're if if UConn has more success against Michigan than they did against Syracuse, then I, I think that's not going to go over yeah, very that's well. True. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> just don't think that's going to be well received. So, and I think we Zach, we've talked all all off season and and the first few weeks like. I feel like the run defense is going to be a 
strength for Michigan this season. Not yeah, a, that right? would be. I, I I think my bold prediction before the season was that they would rank top five nationally. There you go. Season. So I mean that it's almost got to be under. I mean it would be a huge disappointment if it wasn't. Unless again, maybe we come back on on Sunday and they were they didn't they were hardly able to run the ball, but maybe they broke one long run. I mean there are some potential caveats in there, but by and yeah. large, I just don't think you know, they're going to eclipse that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go the under for sure. Yeah. Nathan Carter is probably the name to watch already has 385 rushing yards this season, 6.6 yards per attempt. And he has forced 21 missed tackles in 58 carries. So he's good. I mean, it's kind of like a, when you play like a a mid-major team in basketball and there's a guy who just is going to go off for 25 points. Like, like if there was someone on UConn's offense to, to really go off, it probably would be, Nathan Carter. All right, next prop bet over under 5.5 players on the defensive line have a partial sack or tackle for loss. I, I, so do they get six players with tackles for loss? Steve, what are your thoughts? I'll go over. Okay. I think they show up. I think they show out up front on Saturday. Really no elaboration needed. Yeah. I, not a, not a particularly impressive offensive line. I mean, I mentioned the yards after contact situation. As long as they, as long as they wrap up and make the tackles that they're in position to make probably over. I was hoping to disagree with you on one of these, but so far I think we agree on every single one. So I'm going to take the over as well. Okay. Finally, this one's a little tougher to predict 5.5 first downs allowed in the first half. So Hawaii took them a while to get a first down. Does UConn string a drive or two together to get up to six in the first half. What do you think? I'm going to say over because I think you're thinking under, and I think we need to just have one where we <laughs> go the other direction. So I'll say over. I, I just maybe they have a drive where they kind of dink and dunk it down the field a little bit, have a little bit of success. Well, because you said over, now I'm obligated to say under. So you kind of you kind of picked it for me, but I think ultimately. UConn is going to try to do a lot of what Hawaii did. Super short passes, hope that there's a breakdown somewhere, and, and maybe you get a couple first downs. Uh, you know, it's just not a good offensive line. They, I think they can run the ball, and they, they ran the ball okay against Syracuse, actually, but I'm just I'm tempted to say under. I, I, I don't think that this is a team that is going to challenge Michigan much more than Hawaii. I think that they have slightly better personnel, potentially, you know, more experienced coaching and game planning, but I think that that'll show up more on defense, I think, than, than on offense. All right. Finally, Steve, your final score prediction for the game and any additional thoughts you have about the contest. Uh, just kind of ready for big time play uh, at this point. So, I mean, I obviously anticipate Michigan to win handily. Uh, I'm going to say, 53 to 12 Michigan wins. Is that four field goals or is there another just, way to you know, get to I don't know. Like I said, I just, you know, it'll be a lot to not that much. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of shot. It's kind of throwing darts on a dartboard. Hey, just, it, you know what, you know what it is. It's just that, that snowball's chance in hell that you actually get it right. So that you can like, I could take that to the bank forever. If they win this game 53 to 12, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of why I go for it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think this will, 
there's a there's a part of me that thinks this is the game where Michigan maybe pours it on a little bit. I thought they would against Hawaii, and then they kind of pumped the brakes in the second half. Not that they didn't score a ton of points, but you know you score 42 in the first half and end up with 56. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a game where they maybe start to put on a show a little bit because I, I think I don't know if the players are feeling it. I don't know if the coaches are feeling it, but there is a lot more criticism about Michigan's strength of schedule this week. It doesn't really matter in the end as long as Michigan beats the good teams on its schedule. But I, I kind of wonder if this is a game where they they want to show off a little bit and, and flex a little. Plus, I think that Michigan is better than they were two weeks ago. They're, they're a little bit more aware of what they can do. And, and they're excited about you know, the new starting quarterback. So I think this is a game where Michigan scores a lot of points. I'm going to say Michigan 63, UConn 13, 63-13. So that's my score prediction, and I will be taking it to the bank if that's what comes true. Easier oh. to take that to the bank than fifty-three to twelve. I mean, sixty-three thirteen happens all the time. Well, you chose your you chose the number you chose. I mean, you don't get it. You don't get points fair. for a degree of difficulty, thinking that UConn will kick four field goals or or what? Well, I don't know how Michigan gets. I was more concerned about the fifty-three. Yeah, what how is? How does Michigan get there? <laughs> like, how, do you, how do you get to fifty-three? 49 and two safeties. Yeah. (laughs) Go for two once a field goal. There you go. Call Iowa. They'll get you. They'll tell you how to get to 53. Maybe. Well, no, not (laughs) not 53. They'll tell you how to get two safeties. Yeah. They'll tell you how to get two safeties, but. Be sure to check out all of our stories over at the Michigan insider.com, Michigan at 24, seven sports.com. Lots of preview content for this game. Lots of, lots of stories about the going ons with the team, as well as the recruiting side of things. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.